Obama's policies, the real scandal in Cartagena. I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! with my Breaking the Sound Barrier podcast. Soy Barack Obama y apruebo este mensaje. President Barack Obama's re-election campaign launched its first Spanish-language ads this week, just after returning from the Summit of the Americas. Obama spent three days in Colombia, longer than any president in U.S. history. The trip was marred, however, by a prostitution scandal involving the U.S. military and Secret Service. General Martin Dempsey, chair of the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff, said, We let the boss down because nobody's talking about what went on in Colombia other than this incident. Dempsey's right. It also served as a metaphor for the U.S. government's ongoing treatment of Latin America. The scandal reportedly involves 11 members of the U.S. Secret Service and five members of the U.S. Army Special Forces, who allegedly met prostitutes at one or more bars in Cartagena and took up to 20 of the women back to their hotel. Some of them may have been minors. This all deserves thorough investigation, but so do the policy positions that Obama promoted while in Cartagena. First, the war on drugs. President Obama stated at the summit, It is entirely legitimate uh, to have a conversation about uh, whether the laws in place uh, are ones that uh, uh, are doing more harm than good in certain places. I personally uh, and my administration's position is that legalization is not the answer. I reached Ethan Nadelman in Mexico. He's founder and executive director of the Drug Policy Alliance based in New York. I would not put that much significance into President Obama saying he's opposed to legalization or decriminalization. That's sort of the standard pattern. One expects it from the politicians. They've been scared of their own shadows on this issue for a very long time. But what's much more important, Amy, is sort of looking at the tea leaves and all this stuff, because that's why this summit is even, notwithstanding the nuance of the comments that, was, that were made, is really going to go down in a sort of historic way in terms of the transformation of the regional and global dialogue around drug policy. This is the first time ever that you've had a president, and for that matter, a vice president, saying this is a legitimate subject of discussion, the decriminalization, legalization. This is the first time you've had a president saying that we're willing to look at the possibility that U.S. drug policies are doing more harm than good in some parts of the world. Ethan Nadelman credits the growing consensus across the political spectrum in Latin America from key former presidents like Vicente Fox of Mexico, who supports legalization of drugs, to current leaders like Mexico's Felipe Calderón, who cited the rapacious demand for drugs in the U.S. at the core of the problem. Ethan Nadelman went on. You have the funny situation of Evo Morales, the leftist leader of Bolivia, former head of the Coca Growers Union, lecturing the United States about essentially sounding like Milton Friedman, that how can you expect us to reduce the supply when there is a demand? So there's the beginning of a change here. I don't think it's going to be possible to put this genie back in the bottle. Then there's trade. President Obama and Colombian President Juan Manuel Santos also announced the U.S.-Colombian Free Trade Agreement would take full force May 15th. Colombian and U.S. labor leaders decried the move, since Colombia is the worst country on earth for trade unionists. Labor organizers are regularly murdered in Colombia, with at least 34 killed in the past year and a half. When Obama was first running for president, he promised to oppose the Colombia FTA. I will oppose the Colombia Free Trade Agreement if George Bush is insistent on sending it to Congress because the violence against unions in Colombia would make a mockery of the very labor protections that we've insisted be included in these kinds of agreements. You can trust me. 
That year, 54 Colombian trade unionists were killed. AFL-CIO President Richard Trumpka called the announcement deeply disappointing and troubling. Republicans, on the other hand, are offering grudging praise to Obama for pushing the FTA. On Cuba, Obama took the globally unpopular position of defending the U.S. embargo. Even at home, polls show a strong majority of the American people and businesses support an end to the embargo. The U.S. also succeeded once again in banning Cuba from the summit, prompting Ecuadorian President Rafael Correa to boycott the meeting this year. Responding to overall U.S. intransigence, other Western Hemisphere countries are organizing themselves. Greg Grandin, professor of Latin American history at New York University, told me on Democracy Now! Latin Americans themselves are creating these bodies that are excluding the United States, that are deepening integration, political and economic integration. This seems to be a venue in which they come together in order to criticize Washington quite effectively. Professor Grandin compared Obama's Latin American policies to those of his predecessors. The best way to think about it is a process of inertia. What started under Bush or what actually even started under Clinton just continues under Obama. The two main pillars of U.S. foreign policy increasing neoliberalism and increasing militarism around drugs continue. They feed off of each other and cre have created a crisis in that corridor running from Colombia through Central America to Mexico. That's been a complete disaster, and there's no change. It will take more than a prostitution scandal to cover that up. I'm Amy Goodman with Dennis Moynihan.